the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. In today's world, there is much confusion as to what defines family, and Satan is determined to keep it that way. The good news is that the children of God have victory because we know that the family, as designed by God, will not be destroyed. Fathers, as the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. Stand firm, set the spiritual tone, and be the role model for your families to the glory of God, thereby establishing legacies for your future generations. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander encourages us. You have to teach your boys and girls how to be courageous, how to be self-disciplined. Teach them how to get up and not lay lay around all day. You will be successful. The first thing you need to learn how to do is get up. Get up. Get up. Don't don't hit no nothing that calls you to five more minutes. You don't need five more minutes. Get up now. Get up now. Get out to bed. Brush your teeth. Comb your hair if you got some. And don't scare folk. You all kinky over the head, got a grill over here talking about high me. You know, you, you make folk run. Don't you know you, this is a competitive world? You, you, you got to look like you want that job. You, you, got, you, you have to be able to articulate, look folk in the eye, and let them know you're worth hiring. You can't scare folk. Talking about I want to work. They say work well. You scare all my customers away. Teach your children how to be self-disciplined and how to manage their time and money wisely. You fathers, you influence your family by setting aside time to have meaningful conversations. Now, some of you don't know how to talk to your children. My children were at the house just a few weeks ago and they had breakfast. And my wife and I, we fixed a huge breakfast. Those boys can eat. I mean, they eat everything up in the house. They ate well. And then they're finna get us. Oh, where y'all going? I'll sit right here. We just getting started. And they sat there for about an hour and a half. And we talked about everything under the sun. Laughed and had a good time. Because I wanted to challenge their thinking. I wanted to redeem the time. I wanted to affect their souls for righteousness. And I know the world is going to come after them. And I want to use all of my influence, all of God that's in me to reinforce the teaching of their mama and daddy. You say, when I get my kids around the table, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Let me get, write, write this down now because I don't want that excuse. Don't tell me now. Don't you leave this church telling me you don't know what to say to your children. Devil know what to say. Why you don't know what to say? The devil knows what to say. Let me give you some things you ought to be saying around that table in that car, uh, in the living room at the bed. You ought to have meaning family Bible devotions. Family Bible devotions. And listen, don't preach long sermons a whole hour 
every day. You're going to wear those kids out. And they say, oh, here, daddy, come again a whole hour. You're going to wear, oh, daddy, 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 I'm choking on God. No, we went through my utmost for his highest, Oswald Chambers. And we went through that book. My kids know that book. And we thought it was just one, a one pager. It was short to the point, And we applied life to it. Uh, you know what you can talk about? Share your personal testimony about salvation. Talk about your salvation experience. Review your genealogy with your children. Your child might be marrying his cousin because you don't talk about you talk about genealogy. They don't know their family. Take them to family reunions so they learn who cutting Sally and cutting Joe and ain't Hattie is. Talk about family genealogy, your family history. Uh, talk about your own childhood. They're interested about your childhood when you was a boy and when mom was a little girl. Talk, you know what you need to talk about? I'm giving you a thing. Talk about your personal challenges. Don't act like you've always had it together. Talk about your personal challenges. You know what? Talk, if you want your children to pursue education, talk about your education. Talk about, my mother, bless her heart, she with the Lord. I was so proud of my mom. She raised six children and all, and all of that. And she was determined to go to school. And in her 50s, she got her GED. And I was so proud of her. She got her. I said, go for it, mama. And mama got it. And she was so proud. And we supported her. It's never too late to go to school. Stop telling yourself it's too old. When you get in a rocking chair and do nothing, that's when you're going to die. God didn't make you to be inactive. Talk about education. Greg, what do you want to be? Now, how are you going to be there? Do you know what it takes to get to that level? How do you matriculate to, to, to be what you are dreaming about? Talk about life decisions. Talk about your bad decision, great decision. Talk about life decisions. Uh Uh-oh, I'm going to get personal now. Talk about some of your failures. Let them know that you did make a C. Some of y'all made a D. And some of y'all made an L. Some of y'all flunked a year. And you had like you, you might have picked up steam later, but you you weren't all that all the way through. Now, some of you were, some of y'all were a dean's list. You came out the womb, a dean's list, a rose scholar. Okay, I'm not talking about you. You're the exception. And you know what? And for some of you say, I don't have a degree. And I don't have education. I don't have an education. I can't talk about that. Well, you know what? You got a greater testimony. You have a greater testimony. You say, you know what? Without a degree, and I didn't go to a university, and I didn't do this, but you know what? I applied myself. I disciplined myself. And I got on at this job and I worked my way up and God had God had the favor God upon my life and God moved me up the ranks because I live holy and folk that tried to stop me couldn't stop me. Matter of fact, when they tried to stop me, they end up blessing me. Anybody, do I have any witnesses here? Do I have anybody here who was successful without a degree because you knew how to apply yourself? And you got some felt, you know, you know, well, I got to go to Harvard to be successful. No, you don't. There's no, no offense against Harvard. You can go to my school, TSU, and get a great education. You can go to Texas A&M and get a great education. You can go to St. Phillips and get a good education. You can go to Houston Tillerson and get a good education. You go to Prairie View. It is not the school. It's how you apply yourself in that school. I applied myself. I, 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 didn't, I didn't live in a wreck. I left folk who were smarter than me in the wreck. I zoomed past them because I applied myself. 
It's not the school that make you. It's what you do in that school. Stop talking about that. And you know, they love it when you, when it takes you 10 years to get out. They say, one more year, baby, one more year. You just fattening the pocketbooks of that school. Some of you, what to talk about? Talk about the successes, your successes, not only your failures, your successes. Talk about miracles. My wife and I, we've experienced miracles. You all have seen some miracles in your life, miracles of healing, miracles in the midst of car wrecks, miracles. I mean, you, you, your backs were against the odds and you saw God do something miraculous. Talk about, and the same God that performed miracles for me can perform miracles for you. Talk about dreams. Teach your children how to dream. Talk about life goals. These discussions will shape your children's life and much more. Those are just a little snippet of things you can talk about. Number five, a righteous father is a holy father, a holy man. First Peter 1, 14 through 16 says, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the form of lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Since God requires men to be holy, since God requires men to be holy, then it is critical for you and me to know what it means to be holy. To be holy, you say, what does it mean to be holy? I'm so glad you asked. To be holy means to live a life that is consecrated to God. To be holy is to live a life that is separate unto the Lord, exclusively separate to God to accomplish his divine purposes in your life. One whose life is holy will seek to maintain moral purity before the Lord through continual confession of sins. A holy father is one who is a clean daddy. A holy dad is a just dad, a dad of equity. A holy father is one who is chaste. A holy dad is one who is righteous. A holy dad is a dad who's godly. He is one whose life is harmonized with the scripture. He is one whose life is aligned with the scripture. He is one whose life is conformed to the word of God, which results in holiness and conduct and character. I say it again because I know some of you are writing. A holy man, he is one whose life is harmonized with the scripture, aligned with the scripture, conformed to, to the word of God, which results in holiness in conduct and character. Number six, an exemplary father is a peaceful father. An exemplary father is a peaceful father. Isaiah 26, three says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Listen, daddies, one must first be in Christ before he can possess the peace of Christ. You can't have God's Peace until you have the Prince of Peace in your life. You have to have the peace of Christ before you can possess peace in your family. The peace of Christ comes only from abiding in Christ and keeping your mind steadfast on him. Fathers in a world filled with turmoil, just look around America. You see unrest. Is there anything left? I mean, I see every time I look around uh, in other cities, you just see just tearing down, tearing down, fight, 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 tear down, cancel out, tear up. In a world that's filled with turmoil, unrest, anger, a world of destructive behavior and rebellion, the peace of Christ should emanate from you, daddy, and bring a common effect upon your family. Your children shouldn't be scared of you. When you walk in that house, daddy, 
They want to hug you. They want to love you. I'm so glad you're here. I have a question for you. Daddy, here's where I am. Can you help me with this? Daddy, it's shame on you if your children are af- and your wife are afraid of you. Shame on you. Your home should be a place of refuge. Your home should be a place of healing. Your home should be a place of hope because of an overwhelming sense of peace that exudes from you. A peaceful home. Not yelling, not screaming. I've been married to my wife 43 years. I've never yelled at my wife, screamed at my wife, or put my hand back and act like I'm going to hit her. I've never shelved my wife. That's not even natural for me. And some folk can do, look how quiet it's been. What you screaming at your wife? Don't you know you one flesh? Put your, and you know, the bigger man you are and the taller you are and the deeper your voice is, you need to be determined to temper your voice and to quieten your voice. Because if you six foot five or four or three and you, your child is two, two feet two, man, you like King Kong to them almost. You have to talk, get down, look them in the eye, put the cookies down on the shelf where they can reach them. The cookies are the life principles that that they can reach at their level. Number seven, I'm almost done. Fathers, refuse to allow this world system to make you afraid to discipline your children when it is warranted. Now, that's strange. When the last time you heard that? This world system is not going to teach you that. Refuse to allow this world system to make you afraid to discipline your own children when it is warranted. Spanking, say spanking. Some of y'all haven't said that in so long. Spanking should be the last resort. And when you administer it, you should be loving with spanking. You ought to be affirming when spanking and never spank when you're angry. I see y'all looking at your children. Parents, parents, you need to deal with your children's negative attitude regardless of what age they are. I don't care if they're 31 or 21. You still older than them. They're 21. They say, I'm grown. You know what I tell my children? They got grown. They say, well, Daddy, I'm grown. I say, yeah, but you're young grown. I've been grown. And I know some things you don't know. You better listen to me. You're going to need everything I say then some. Don't let your children smell themselves around you. Oh, y'all hold your seatbelt now. (laughs) Parents, you need to deal with your children's negative attitude, which is as important as dealing with their actions because a bad attitude leads to bad behavior. Did you get that? A bad attitude, say it with me, a bad attitude leads to bad behavior. Thank you. I'm going to tell you something. You do your child no favor when you let them get away with having a negative attitude. I know many in authority today uh, and CPS and everybody else, they frown upon spanking and look at it as it is some kind of physical abuse, which it can be if it is done out of anger and excessively. It really can be. The Amplified Translation says in Ephesians 4, 6, 4, fathers do not provoke your children to anger. In other words, do not exasperate them 
They spilled milk and you ready to whoop them as if you never spilled milk. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial. You scream into the top of your voice over the little things. You're unreasonable. You're humiliating your children. You're being abusive to your children. Or by showing favoritism. This is another way you exasperate your children. And your children know when you're not fair. And they know when you're playing biasness, when you are a difference to any of them. But bring them up tenderly and lovingly in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Parents, you will bless your children and their future if you obey what the scripture says when it comes to discipline. You say, what does it say? Let me just give you a few. Because some of y'all, you don't read your Bible enough to know. Proverbs 13, 24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him or her. Hebrews 12, 11 says, for the moment, all disciplines seem painful rather than pleasant. You ever was about to get a woman with your child and your mama dad said, now this going to hurt me more than you. You say, yeah, really? <laughs> you see, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later, it yields the, yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Proverbs 23, 13, and 14 says, do not withhold correction from a child. You, you're doing them no service. You're doing them a disservice. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. Now, I didn't say this. This is the Bible. Now, don't go home and kill your kids now. Okay. All right. Verse 14. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. Is that the Bible? Parents. Now listen at this parents. Here's the other side. All you listening. Parents, be mindful that you should be sensitive in the Holy Spirit's leading as to when to use other forms of disciplines. Let me say that again. I don't want you to miss it. Be mindful. You should be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading as to when to use other forms of discipline as your child grow older. You don't deal with a 10-year-old like you do a two-year-old. Be mindful also that each of your children are unique in temperament and personality, which means each one may not respond to the same form of discipline in the same exact way. Some children, you can just raise your, I, what did I tell you? And they, oh, 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 oh I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, 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 I won't do it no more, daddy. I won't do it. And you back off and they just write. The other rascal. <laughs> you say, did, didn't you hear me? And he won't even answer. And that's when it's time for the board of education. <laughs> you can't deal with all your children. They, they have the same way. They have different te temperaments and personalities, different bents. N know your children. And the Holy Ghost will help you know your children when you're in the spirit of the living God. Number eight, a righteous father will make it priority to pass 
on his righteous heritage, not only to his children, but also to his children's children for generations to come. Proverbs 13, 22, a says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, an inheritance to not only his children, but his children's children. When we think about inheritance, we often think about material things such as money, homes, furniture, family, heirlooms, jewelry, cars, etc. But the greater inheritance is a spiritual legacy such as, you know what you need to leave your children? Salvation. They got saved because of your witness and your testimony. You need to leave your children a strong spiritual foundation. What a legacy. You ought to leave for your children and grandchildren a well-rooted life that all the winds of this world and the confusion of this world cannot uproot them. You need to leave to your children an example of being faithful in service in the Lord's church. You need to leave to your children of how to be a good example. You need to leave to your children this kind of heritage, a good reputation. Leave to your children words of wisdom. Leave to your children teaching life lessons. Leave to your children prayers. I still can hear mama and daddy and especially my grandmother's prayers. Prayers, prayers, which they will remember long after you've departed this life. Leaving, you know what you can leave to your children? Leave uh, your personal Bible rich with notes that you have annotated down through the years and a treasure chest of precious memories. You know what I do? That's why I say have a Bible. I write in my Bible. I annotate. I highlight. I color code. I do all that. And when I've gone through that Bible and worn it out, you know what I do? I, I'm a, I give it to my son. I give one to my daughter. I'm going to give one to each of my grandchildren. So when I'm gone, they can look at look at Grandpa's notes. I've been gone in heaven 20 years, and they sitting there still looking, trying to figure out, what, was, what did he mean? Look at that. He highlighted that. that. He highlighted that for a reason. What about leaving a Bible with annotated notes? for each of your children. But now you can't do that if your Bible's collecting dust. You know what you need to leave for your children? A treasure chest of precious memories. Beloved, these are qualities of a righteous father, and it is our prayer that we raise up the standard of our fatherhood. We raise the standard of our fatherhood. Fathers, what kind of legacy are you leaving your children? Is it a legacy of strife? Do they remember you for bringing much pain, abuse, a fractured family? When they saw you, all they saw was a daddy who brought trauma and bad memories. Or are you leaving a legacy of Christ-likeness, strong faith? Are you leaving a legacy of wisdom, patience, encouragement, and biblical principles that your family can hold on to throughout their lives? Let me tell you something, my beloved. Number nine, allow the church to help you reinforce the teaching of your home by coming with your family to in-person worship unless there are extenuating circumstances beyond your control. We certainly understand that. Allow the church to help you reinforce the teachings in your home by bringing your children and your family to in-person worship, to Bible study, to Sunday school, to youth ministry, to vacation Bible school to math camp, science camp, and on and on. Hebrews 10, 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The church is a place of spiritual connection. The church is a place of spiritual healing. 
Listen, if you don't bring your ch- children to church now, then it's, it's going to be a greater struggle for them to get to church when they're 21 and 25. The church is a place of spiritual renewal. It is a place for them to spiritually reset. It is a place of spiritual support. The church is a place of spiritual growth and spiritual nurturing. You can't bring your children to church once a month and think that they're going to have a strong foundation. The church is a place where you can receive a timely word from the Lord. Therefore, make up your mind to bring your family to the house of God to receive what the Lord has for you, which builds a spiritual foundation upon which they can build their lives. Number 10, an exemplary father is an available father. An exemplary father is an available father. One of the primary reasons America is in the state, the current state that she's in, which is a state of decline, is because of fatherless homes. Fatherless homes. Fatherless homes break my heart. The Word of God tells us that there is no salvation in any other or anything except Jesus Christ, the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. We can and many do live victoriously through obedient faith in our Lord and Savior. In Him alone, we are redeemed and forgiven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Come worship with the Maranatha Bible Church family on Father's Day, Sunday, June 18th at 10 a.m. On this special day, our worship celebration will express love, gratitude, and appreciation to all fathers and grandfathers. Pastor Rander Draper has a special message prepared for you that will encourage, bless, and strengthen you during these very challenging times. Come celebrate Father's Day with us. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.